Welcome to the Today in the World podcast for Tuesday, the 2nd of February 2021. I am your host, Uncle K, and today, anti-corruption campaigner aligned with Navalny is exposed for his own corruption. New COVID variants mean drastic changes for everything in the world apart from vaccines. The Indian government confuses companies with their new crypto ban, which may not actually be an actual ban. U.S. citizen is sentenced to 25 years for running an unregistered Bitcoin exchange. Here's what you missed today in the world. So it seems the British government has been involved in an attempt to overthrow the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. Remember the activist Alexei Navalny, who has been protesting against the Russian government alleging claims of corruption? I've been saying in previous episodes that this Navalny guy isn't who he says he is. You know, he's not this victim. There's a hidden agenda behind this so-called activism that he's, you know, doing all over the internet. Now, it looks like some evidence is coming up confirming those suspicions. RT reports that surveillance footage recorded in the early 2010s appears to show a close associate of Alexei Navalny seeking cash and intelligence from an alleged British spy and suggesting his anti-corruption work may benefit firms in London. Now, remember a couple of episodes I talked about that book, uh, The Confessions of an Economic Hitman? This is the exact type of scenario playing out here. You really got to read it if you want to make sense of this kind of economic warfare and just how deep it goes. But to be honest, if you just watch any documentary on YouTube about the Cold War, you'll see that these kinds of attempts to overthrow different governments around the world, you know, using spies and various different top secret technologies, it's been widespread throughout every country since World War II when they realized, you know, that uh, an all-out nuclear war can't be the solution to problems because they'll basically just kill everyone and no one will win. So they resorted to this kind of covert economic warfare instead. The tape where all this information was exposed is said to have been filmed by the Russian Federal Security Service and allegedly shows a meeting between an employee of the British Embassy in Moscow and an executive of Alexei Navalny's anti-corruption organisation. The video on RT site captures the conversation along with the faces of the individuals where Vladimir Arshakov from the anti-corruption group is basically asking the employee of the British embassy to fund us into power with 10 to 20 million and we will pay you back in billions. In the video, Navalny's buddy says the money will pay for, quote, mass protests, civil initiatives, propaganda, establishing contacts with the elites and explaining to them that we are reasonable people and we are not here to demolish everything and take away their assets. Things like that, close quote. That definitely doesn't sound like something you would be saying if you were genuinely campaigning against corruption. Also, just to add in an update, just in, you know, a few minutes ago, Alexei Navalny has now been sentenced to two and a half years in prison. The sentence is due to him violating the terms of a previous sentence where he was found guilty of embezzlement and fraud. So it looks like their little, you know, plan hasn't worked out. In some other geopolitical news, Iran has been displaying their power with their test launch of a new satellite carrying a Zulijana rocket with most powerful solid fuel engine. I mean, I don't know how solid fuel works. Uh, I really didn't have time to go into the details of that. But in any case, RT reports that the spokesman for the Iranian military's space division, Ahmed Hosseini, told state media that, quote, the test helped Iran to achieve its most powerful rocket engine, close quote, which he said can be launched using a mobile launching pad. 
and is capable of carrying a single 220 kg satellite or up to 10 smaller ones. I mean, it's not the biggest rocket in the world and there are satellites much bigger than that. But I would say that it would be safe to assume that the timing of this test launch was made to coincide with the negotiations happening right now between Washington and Iran over a new nuclear deal. You know, there's nothing like a little rocket test showing off your power to give you an edge in negotiations. In this next story, I'm going to have to show some ignorance on my part, admittedly. I had no idea, but there's this treatment against COVID called monoclonal antibodies that was apparently used to help Donald Trump recover from COVID. And unfortunately, this treatment has failed in its attempt at treating new COVID variants, which of course isn't that surprising. I mean, the variants seem to be changing the game completely from every perspective, That is not including the vaccines, of course. No one could ever even dare suggest a vaccine is ineffective against anything. Otherwise, they're just a conspiracy theorist. Meanwhile, in countries where they actually care about the health of people more than they care about vaccine profits, in Poland, they have completely banned the use of the AstraZeneca vaccine to over 65s because, of course, they are not safe. Anyway, the article is painting the picture as if this is some big disappointment because of the high expectations of the drug which I find really strange because you can't go one day without hearing about vaccines on the TV. But somehow this alternative treatment that was used to cure the most powerful man in the world at the time gets no coverage at all. What's more is that The Guardian reports that the drug was actually being trialled in hospitals in the UK and not once did I hear anyone mention it, you know. According to reports on extending access to people in low and middle income countries, monoclonal antibodies are one of the most powerful tools in modern medicine. They are used in cancers and autoimmune diseases and are even being trialed against HIV. And that's when the penny dropped for me. You know, it's kind of obvious, actually. Pharmaceutical companies would make a lot less money if their drugs were more effective. So, of course, it wouldn't be as profitable to pharmaceutical companies if drugs were actually treating people with this uh, monoclonal drug. The Guardian says that these drugs are expensive and relatively difficult to make, so only wealthy countries have really benefited from them as yet. The hope, said Lindsay Kier, author of the report, is that COVID might be a catalyst to get them to the rest of the world. I mean, I highly doubt that. It seems that the governments are dead set on vaccines being the only way out of this, but I would, of course, love to be proved wrong. Going over to coinmarketcap.com now to bring you the crypto numbers. We've got Bitcoin trading at just over $35,000. It's up 4%. Ethereum is up 13%, trading at just under $1,500, doing very, very well today. XRP not doing too good. It's down almost 9% and it's trading at 36 cents. I hope anyone that was, you know, hoping and praying that that was going to go up, you know, sold it after that little pump and dump that it just went through. Polkadot is up 7%, trading at $17. Cardano doing immensely well as well, uh, trading at $0.43. It's up 21%. Got Litecoin trading at $143, up 10%. Chainlink up 3%, trading at $23. Bitcoin Cash is up 4%, trading at $422. And Binance Coin is up 2%, trading at $50.33. Now, I know a lot of people have been kind of worried for India because they have 
you know, released a statement saying that they're going to ban crypto. The government released this draft bill. But, you know, according to these latest articles that I've read from TechRadar and news.bitcoin.com, it seems like they don't know whether they want to ban cryptocurrencies or not. You know, they introduced this draft bill saying that private cryptos are illegal. And then they went on to clarify their stance during some questioning. And as a result, you have some that have come away with a more positive outlook on private crypto use in India, while others seem to be a bit confused. Well, according to the government, the crypto bill seeks to create a regulatory framework for the issuance of the digital rupee by the Reserve Bank of India and ban private cryptocurrencies, whatever that means. The RBI also recently revealed that it is exploring the need to issue a central bank digital currency, a CBDC, which pretty much everyone is doing around the world right now. And this is where it gets a bit confusing because somehow advocates of crypto took that as private cryptocurrencies won't be completely banned. Commenting on the matter, the CEO of local crypto exchange Warzix said that the answers by the government, quote, goes to show that the government is focused on curbing illegal activities and payment systems, close quotes. He then elaborated and said, this clears more confusion that there won't be a complete ban on crypto. I mean, I didn't really read into it like that, but, you know, it seems like everyone else is not really clear on what this bill is or what it means. Many businesses that use crypto are still in the dark over the future of India's economy pertaining to Bitcoin and other currencies for that matter, you know, like Ethereum. The CEO of crypto banking platform Kasha, Kumar Gurav, told news.bitcoin.com, open quote, it's too early to comment on what exactly the term private cryptocurrency refers to as per the draft. Further, understanding that cryptocurrency is a global and decentralized system, there is no way any government can ban it, close quote. He further gave his opinion and said that we are positive that the government will come up with regulations and policies that will put control on the scams and let the innovation in the industry, including the crypto like Bitcoin, Kasha, Ethereum, that are built on the public chain to grow and thrive. Either way, a complete ban at this point, in my opinion, would stifle India's economic growth completely which has been booming over the last decade. So it would be sad to see them get left behind in the revolution in this way when they've got so much more to offer. A man in the US has pled guilty to federal charges of illegally operating a Bitcoin exchange and has been sentenced to 25 years in prison. This case is a crazy one. And although I do hate the way that you know, there's some harsh sentences on people for this sort of thing. The way this guy was operating this business was just stupid in all fairness. In a statement released by the Department of Justice referring to the defendant, they said he, quote, advertised his business online as one and was referred to customers by word of mouth, communicating with them via encrypted messaging services and meeting them in person at coffee shops, close quote. But then how he gets caught really serves as a life lesson to any Bitcoin libertarians with these ideas of going head-to-head with the banks and the governments. The statement said that the the person in question, Magia, conducted five Bitcoin-to-cash transactions that altogether exceeded $250,000 and his activities were exposed and his clients had apparently cooperated with law enforcement, which actually led to his capture. So, 
you know, it's quite sad and I do feel for the guy, but, you know, these baby revolutionaries like this, they, they need to go and study history. They don't seem to understand that, you know, the extent to which the system will go to protect itself. And I know what you're thinking, you know, HSBC were caught money laundering from massive drug empires, you know, and they walk away with these minor fines. The same bank gets caught numerous times for manipulating markets and still, you know, they just walk away with fines. What's worse is they do more illegal activities to pay off the fines. It's quite ironic, really. It's just so obvious that the system is rigged. But that's why I just don't understand why people get caught doing dumb stuff like this. They really need to go and read a book that there are way more efficient ways to achieve freedom. Goldman and Sachs and interactive brokers execs claim Wall Street bets trend could take down the system. Headline from news.bitcoin. And while I know this topic is getting a bit tired now, I'm bringing it up again because initially I was just surprised that these executives would even admit that a bunch of teenagers online could bring down the entire financial system. In fact, the whole incident has gained so much attention worldwide that it actually sparked a bidding war that included some major Hollywood houses. According to a report by online news site Deadline, on January 31st, the production company MGM won the rights to produce the movie. So we can all look forward to seeing that movie come out very, very soon. Now, of course, it wasn't just GameStop that was targeted. It was a bunch of other companies too. Estimates assume that short sellers have lost in total around $70 billion from their short positions, according to statistics from the financial data analytics from Ortex. And, you know, those numbers are just a mere taste of what could have happened if stock exchanges were not shut down, which they eventually were. An analysis from Zero Hedge discloses that Melvin Capital lost a whopping $7 billion during the first month of 2021. A lot of executives are starting to come out now and say that they, you know, they almost lost everything. Interactive Brokers founder Thomas Peterfee said these types of systemic risk can, quote, take down the entire system theoretically, close quote. I'm just sitting here and I'm just waiting for the time when they start calling these kids domestic terrorists, you know. I'm actually quite surprised they're not doing that already. And to be honest, these guys moaning about it might just be a lead up to that point where Biden has to step in. You know, bear in mind, Washington and the SEC have already said that they're keeping a close eye on the issue already. So whatever the case is, I'm sure there will be a review on how short selling is done in the future. Some good news for Bitcoin now. MicroStrategy has just announced that they have bought another $10 million in Bitcoin Decrypt reports that the firm purchased 295 coins, bringing its total holdings to 71,079 bitcoins in total, putting the value of their holdings at $2.5 billion. The article also noted that the company paid only about $16,000 on average, which means they made around a billion dollars just by investing into the coin. And, you know, it's almost guaranteed that they're going to make a couple billion dollars more. Now, of course, this is good news for the prospects and the future prospects of Bitcoin. You know, I just hope that there's going to be enough left for the rest of us normal folk out here that don't have billions of dollars to invest in it. Talking about billionaires, though, everyone's favorite CEO has just put himself in Twitter jail just one day after admitting he was late to buying Bitcoin. As you all know, I'm a very suspicious person, naturally. 
especially when you have influential people like Elon Musk one day advocating for Bitcoin, you know, battling Robinhood founders, exposing the rig system. Then, you know, a couple of days later, he disappears off Twitter, puts himself in Twitter jail. You know, I guess you can't censor him for not doing anything wrong. So being the intelligent individual that he is, it looks like he just censored himself before, you know, he got himself into some trouble. That marks the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Sorry it's out a little bit late. I um, I know there's a couple of people here that listen as soon as I put it out. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to try and put it out a little bit earlier. I just had a crazy busy day today. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be back here tomorrow with some more news. Until then, stay safe. Peace.